This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. Some of you guys know me as Mr. Call Screener from The Mark Levin Show. Others know me from Newsmax, and some of you guys listen to my show. This is America with Rich Valdez. You can hear that on iHeartRadio. And it's my pleasure to be with you. Mark is off tonight for the holidays. And Joe Biden today made some announcements, right? He uh, basically said a lot of things. There was a lot of things he said, you know, uh, we don't want to mess with your life. Let me see if I could do my best Joe Biden impression here. Uh, he said, oh, we, we don't want to we don't want to mess with your life. You just got to do everything we tell you to do, you know, and it's basically we won't mess with you, but you got to do everything we're saying. You got to take the vaccines that we're mandating, even if they cost you your job, if you don't. And I think that's why he was saying it's going to be a cold, dead winter, right? Last year was a cold, dark winter. This year it's going to be a deadly winter. No bueno. Now. Good old uh, Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris, she added to this saying that, you know what, the pandemic isn't anybody's fault. And we're going to get to some of that stuff in a little bit. But I'm just kind of recapping some so much of the craziness that's been happening over the last day or two. Fifty million people are eligible for vaccines in America, meaning they haven't been vaccinated, but they can take them. And it just happens to be that about 50 million, maybe 53 million have already been infected and therefore have natural immunity. It seems there's a correlation there. I wonder why it seems that this group of people that initially got the infection, perhaps, potentially, seems like they don't want to get vaccinated. Maybe because natural immunity doesn't wane as quickly as the vaccine does. And we're seeing that happen. That's why so many people that are catching this Omicron virus have already been vaccinated because the vaccine wears off, unlike the natural immunity. At least this is what I surmise. Now, this... Omicron uh, variant, it's the dominant variant in the U.S., at least that's according to the CDC. And they're saying it's the mildest variant ever that we've ever experienced. Some doctors are saying that this is actually a good thing. Why? Well, because people can get sick without getting very, very ill. They can develop the uh, antibodies. They can develop immunity. America can develop the immunity as, uh, as a whole, herd immunity, and we can move past this thing. At least some doctors are saying that. Not sure if it's true. If you're a doctor, why don't you give us a call? Let us know. Then I'm going to talk a little bit more about this, uh, the cold, dead winter. 
<laughs> because I just think it's who says that, especially when you're the president of the United States. But I suspect that this is all a ploy to scare people, uh, to scare people into locking themselves down so that Biden can make good on his promise that he's not going to shut down the economy. But instead, that he's going to shut down the virus. Now, we know that's not going very well for Joel Baboso Biden. But I think this is the ploy. I think they want you to shut yourself down. And I know that this is happening because I've seen the emails. People have told me. I hear it going on. Different companies are saying, you know what? We're not coming back at the end of Christmas break. We're going to stay out. Why? That's the choice that they've made. Was it the government that forced them? And many of these same companies are saying, look, if you don't have a vaccine, you got to go. That's happening, too. And that's not because of the mandate, necessarily. Might have been the impetus originally because of the mandate. But what happens now? People are making their own decisions because the precedent has been set. And that's what demagoguery is all about. Or what about last week? Right when uh, this public school was um, putting out my daughter, right, saying she was in contact with somebody in the same classroom. She's got to go. She took the rapid test, and guess what? She didn't have anything. But she still can't go to school for 14 days. Now, Joe Biden announces today that I think as of this Friday, now she can test to stay in school. Oh, that's nice. Thank you, Mr. President. A week ago Friday would have been nice if she could have, you know, finished off the rest of the, um, the year, the calendar year, with her peeps in school. But I digress. So... What's all of this about? To me, all this demagoguery that the left is putting out there, all of it is to continue pushing their agenda. Now, I know that makes a whole lot of sense. And you're like, yeah, yeah, you're preaching to the choir. I get it. But, you know, a couple of weeks ago and even a month ago, when the, you hear these stories about public school officials coercing children to get the vaccine against their parents' uh, approval, or even worse, when you have or maybe not worse, but probably just as bad, this story about a 12-year-old girl who was coerced and coached into becoming a transgender or a transgendered individual. And the parents had no idea. And the school didn't tell them because the school was actively deceiving the parents by keeping the whole thing a secret. I mean, well, that mom fired back and good for her. And we're going to hear that a little bit later when she went to the school board and gave them a piece of her mind. But this is exactly what they do on every topic, just like they do with climate change, right? AOC yelled, AOC all out crazy, our least favorite congresswoman from the Bronx and Queens. She yelled that the world was going to end, and she just kept yelling it, saying it's 12 years, 12 years, 12 years. Next thing you know, you had sixth graders that were on a school trip, and they became climate activists, and they cornered, uh, I think it was Senator Feinstein at the time, at a museum trip. This happened a couple of years ago, maybe 2019. And they came at her. Little kids, because they get younger and younger. You guys remember that? I do. That's exactly why we have all of these radicals in place in different areas, but radicals nonetheless. Think of Kim Fox, right? Today or yesterday was uh, reported that she lied, willingly lied. Her own people that investigated her as a district attorney said, you know what? No, no bueno. This is no good. This is a problem that we have, and it's all coming from the left. The pro-crime prosecutors, the activist teachers, activists in the newsroom, activists in the government, and they're all on the same team. Where are we? Hmm. I think this is part of the apathy that we see. I remember about a week or three or maybe a month ago, maybe I'm wrong, I'm not great with time, a girl got raped 
sexually assaulted on a SEPTA train in Philadelphia. And the report at the time was that nobody did anything because everybody was like, you, you do it, you do it. I don't want to get in trouble, this and that. That type of apathy is exactly what happens because people are, are unwilling to be involved. So whether it's the first responders that are putting their boots on the, uh, the steps of City Hall or people, you know, organizing and saying, you know what, I'm, I'm done with this. We have to really kind of channel our energy because society has been taught and coerced to acquiesce by the left. And this is right in line with the teachings of Marx. Think of Mao Zedong, right? The chairman of the Chinese Communist Party. Perhaps his, I would say perhaps, maybe Stalin. I mean, he's got a few very famous followers, Marx. But I like to read on these guys every now and again. I'm going to share something with you really quick because I think it makes so much sense right now. And this is from Marxists.org. The uh, title is The Theory and Practice of Mao in the Encyclopedia of Anti-Revisionism Online, written by the Revolutionary Communist League of Britain back in 1986. The Chinese Communist Party had a heavy task in leading the Chinese people to liberate themselves from the terrible exploitation of imperialists and domestic reactionaries. China was ripe for revolution. This is what they're suggesting. But that wasn't needed. What they wanted was a political guide to get people in line. So they made one. Early in its days, the Chinese Communist Party made many mistakes, either relying too much on what it thought were progressive elements in the bourgeoisie or going to the opposite extreme and neglecting to build up alliances. Chairman Mao struggled with creating these lines, and later he proved them to, to be correct. He worked out a, a class analysis which stressed the mighty revolutionary force represented by the poor peasantry. Hence, he was confident in the long term. Now, this is pretty interesting right here because he's putting all of his eggs in the basket of the poor. And he realizes if we can create the poor, the poor will always follow us. But we need the elite bourgeoisie to continue to move the movement along. No accident. And we're seeing the same thing happen right here in the United States. I go on. All these struggles were led collectively by the whole party, but Mao, because of his farsightedness and readiness to respond to the initiatives of the masses, played a crucial role. Now, Marx said, quote, the philosophers have interpreted the world. The point, however, is to change the world. End quote. No single event confirmed this saying more than the Chinese revolution. Revolutionaries are possible, or revolutions are possible, because of causes imperialist oppression creates both the necessity of change and at the same time makes it possible. Mao consistently applied his method of seeking the truth from the facts. And in doing so, he arrived at a view of reality which contradicted some deeply held, received ideas within the communist movement of his time. <clears throat> so let's pay attention right there. I'll just reiterate this part. Seeking the truth from facts. This is what we see in the media. They say something like, today's Monday, and then they go and spin it out of control to create their own truth. This is exactly what the Marxist does. And we're seeing it, it's like a, a bad part of history. It's like a nightmare of history playing over and over and over again. It's like a recurring nightmare, in my opinion. So I ask you this, is this why we see such an increase in our population? Right, because we're, we're not seeing depopulation in the United States. We're seeing an increase in population, people pouring through the southern border 
in particular poor people. Maybe it's because Mao discovered that the peasantry, as they call them, especially the poor ones, the poorest of them all, can be profoundly revolutionary, whereas the national bourgeoisie will always be incapable on its own of striking out a direction that was really independent of imperialism. So saying that your hypocritical elitist leftist can never truly be a revolutionary, right? So they're talking about Elizabeth Warren. She could never truly be a revolutionary because she believes in capitalism. But AOC, should she truly be a, a broke Puerto Rican girl from the Bronx, she could be a true revolutionary because she's part of the peasantry, at least according to Mao. This is interesting stuff. At least it is to me. If I'm losing you, sorry. <laughs> Bear with me. It's going to get better. I promise. I'll make some jokes. I'll say things like, hairy legs. But I wanted to get to this because to me, I'm thinking, you know what? This is part of what we're seeing right now. And I think this is why it's so important for them to control the classrooms, to control the newsrooms, to control boardrooms, to control the union hall, city hall, the halls of Congress. This is exactly what they're doing. This is exactly what they're up to. So we're going to go into a couple of quotes from Mao Zedong. I also want to read this op-ed from 10 or 11 years ago that I saw online that I thought, man, how apropos. And I would have squeezed it in here, but I don't want to jam in too much. I just gave you this whole encyclopedic lesson on Marxism that you've probably already known. But I just wanted to refresh your memory because it's so sick. Like uh, Bob Grant used to say, it's sick and getting sicker. So anyway, don't move a muscle. I am Rich Valdez. I am here tonight. The phone number 800, excuse me, 877-381-3811 if you want to disagree. And 877-381-3811 for regular Americans. Uh, Richie V filling in for the great one. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S. Some of you guys know me as Mr. Call Screener from the Mark Levin Show. There's a few things I wanted to cover, and I got the uh, the Mao Zedong stuff that I wanted to talk about because I think it's so important. We we have to look at how these movements have materialized in other places at other points in our history, and I'm talking about global history, because otherwise we'll get duped again, right? That's the old saying about those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it, and I think it's a hundred percent true. That's that's an actual thing. It's a real uh, axiom, in my opinion, that, that holds a lot of truth, that holds a lot of weight. Now, there's a couple of sayings from Mao Zedong, before we get into the Biden stuff that I want to talk about, that I think are really interesting. He said, to read too many books is harmful. Oh, I wonder why. Maybe because when you have informed patriots, Marxists have a problem. 
He also said political power grows out of the barrel of a gun. Well, how's that for being a peacemaker? Politics is war without bloodshed, while war is politics with bloodshed. Probably very true. And he says all reactionaries are paper tigers. Communism is not love. Communism is a hammer which we use to crush the enemy. How about that? Just imagine now. Just imagine replacing that with conservatism, right? Or patriotism. Patriotism is not love. Conservatism is not love. Patriotism and conservatism is a hammer which we use to crush the enemy. It wouldn't make sense. Right? My dad would say, Eso no tiene sentido. It has, it has no bearing on reality because conservatives don't want to crush people. And the Marxist does. And we talked about this last time, about this battle between good and evil. It's important to know. And I use this uh, saying a lot. I don't know if this analogy works, but I use it and I think it's effective. I try to teach my children this way. When someone punches you in the face, do not ask them why. Stop them from punching you. Because that's in effect what happens. They punch us in the face. I'm like, why would you do that? What's your end game? And then you ask yourself, what do I do? What do I do? Who cares? What you... You can't sit here and ask questions. We got to swing back. Now, this is just a handful of uh, quotes from Mao Zedong. Because he's a sicko. He's a radical Marxist. And remember, Marx is that guy who pledged his own life. Said, hey, I don't care if I get to heaven. I'm here to do this thing that I do to be a revolutionary. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to end up in hell. And I'm paraphrasing very grossly at that. But that's what he said. And that's what he meant. Now, Good old Joel Baboso Biden. I don't think Joel Baboso Biden is a hardcore Marxist, but I think that he's come under the uh, the influence of several very hardcore Mar Marxists, not the least of which is Mr. President Xi himself. But there's a bunch of good old Marxists right here in the United States, like good old AOC, Bernie Sanders. I mean, we got a whole bunch of them. So... I want to talk about everything that Joe had to say this afternoon a little while ago when he was in the White House saying, look, we're not here to mess with you. Just do what I tell you to do. And all these other things, because a lot of people are saying this lockdown's coming in and they might be. But I have this sense that the lockdowns are going to be self-imposed. It's not going to be a situation where the government's going to tell us you can't be here, you can't be there like they did uh, in 2020. I don't think that's the case. I don't think we're going to go backward that way. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo. I am filling in for the great one, El Conservador. That's me. You can call me whatever you like. Yeah, get at me, at Rich Valdez on all the social media. And give us a call here as well if you want to join the conversation. We're going to get the calls in a little bit. But I want to talk about what happened at the White House today when President Biden decided to, uh, you know, tell us everything that we're allowed to do. You know, hey, listen, you know, if you get on the good list... And you won't be on the naughty list if you do this. But the first thing he said was, you know, listen, if you're fully vaccinated, you can live. But if you're not fully vaccinated, well, you can die. Listen to this. How concerned should you be about Omicron 
which is now the dominant variant in this country, and it happened so quickly? The answer is straightforward. If you're not fully vaccinated, you have good reason to be concerned. You're at a high risk of getting sick. And if you get sick, you're likely to spread it to others, including friends and family. And the unvaccinated have a significantly higher risk of ending up in a hospital or even dying. Almost everyone who has died from COVID-19 in the past many months has been unvaccinated. Unvaccinated. But if you're, on, if you're among the majority of Americans who are fully vaccinated, and especially if you've gotten the booster shot, that third shot, you're much, you have much, much less reason to worry. Now, listen, if you get your 30th shot, once you had that 30th shot, listen, you get to go on vacation. You get to become a world traveler again. Everything's good because you can celebrate again. That's right. You can go see Santa at the North Pole, if you like, or even in Antarctica, if you, if you prefer. But this is where we're at. Now, listen, I know that they, they slice and dice numbers want to do it. I also know that people under 30 tend to do really, really well with this mild variant with zero type of inoculation because they have a better immune system. And, and I'm not peddling uh, the position of you shouldn't get vaccinated. Uh, it tends to be, you know, where I, uh, my true north, if you will. But I, I don't care. If you want to get vaccinated, go right ahead. I, I just have the, um, the, the issue where I take exception when they try to make it look like, I mean, it's a matter of fact. If you don't get this thing, you're dropping dead. That's it. It's just point blank, punto y final. And that's really just not the case because a lot of people are able to get sick and get better. And I think it's also disingenuous, and you've heard this stuff before, I don't mean to bore you, but it's also very disingenuous to say that, you know, well, you have these, you know, the comorbidities are what kills people. It's always been what kills people. That's why we have so many people that die to begin with, right? People are dying of heart disease because they have heart disease. People are dying because they're overweight because they're overweight, and that leads to heart disease and diabetes and cancer and all these other things. Being fat is bad. I said it. I'm sure somebody's going to attack me for that, but I used to be fat. I'm, actually, I think I'm still fat, <laughs> but I was, I'm not as fat as I used to be, right? I lost almost 70 pounds, gained back about 18 of them, so I'm still down like 50 pounds. But the point I'm making is that's where we've got to be. If you're going to mandate something, mandate people to be within their, their weight range, and I don't support that. I'm just saying <laughs> that would make a little bit more sense, but... If you behave, you get to celebrate. Joe Biden says today at the White House, you are allowed to celebrate if you're vaccinated. Listen to this one. Vaccinated people who get COVID may get ill, but they're protected from severe illness and death. That's why you should still remain vigilant. According to our doctors, even if you're fully vaccinated, you should wear a mask when indoors and in public settings. Wearing a mask provides extra protection for you and those around you. And I know some Americans are wondering if you can safely celebrate the holidays with your family and friends. The answer is yes, you can. If you and those you celebrate with are vaccinated, particularly if you've gotten your booster shot. If you are vaccinated and follow the precautions that we all know well, you should feel comfortable celebrating Christmas and the holidays as you planned it. You should feel uncomfortable if you're not. I mean, that's the implication here, right? You should not be allowed to see your family if you haven't gotten a vaccine. I guess some of you are like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm not one of those where it makes sense to. I mean, I've never taken a flu shot in my life. I just never have. I'm not some sort of radical anti-vaxxer. I just never did. I'm not somebody that typically gets the flu every year. So I just it was never something that occurred to me. So a lot of this stuff comes in, my, in one ear for me. 
And before it goes out the other, I have to stop and think, why Why is there such a push? Like, how, how could you, I mean, if, if you feel like you're going to get ill from someone from, from um, this new variant or the old variant or whichever thing you like, I mean, you got to make choices for yourself. But it, it just, it really, I, I'm surrounded, I guess, in an echo chamber, a bubble where I meet people where they're just like, ah, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. And I know some people that, that have known people that have died. Thankfully, I don't, I think I know one person who died. I guess, and maybe that's it. Maybe other people were around more people that died and they're a little bit more to that side. But I, I just don't get it. I, I can't imagine a life where the president of the United States is basically telling us right before Christmas, you know, you can get on the naughty list or you can get on the nice list. It all depends. But he goes on because now it's not just the naughty and nice list and it, whether you're allowed to celebrate or not celebrate. No, no, no. Now it's a question of do you love America or do you not? Are you a patriot or are you not? Because if you don't get the jab, you're not a patriot. Are you kidding me, Joe Elbavoso Biden? Listen to this. All these people who have not been vaccinated, you have an obligation to yourselves, to your families, and quite frankly, I know I'll get criticized for this, to your country. Get vaccinated now. It's free. Now, it's hold on. It, yes, it is free. And yes, you are getting criticized for it. That was one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. But besides when these bishops, or maybe it was the Pope himself, forgive me if, uh, if I'm wrong here, but when he said, it's loving your neighbor. You got to get it to love your neighbor. Oh, okay. Let's continue. I promise you it saves lives. And I honest to God believe it's your patriotic duty. It's your patriotic duty. You get on the nice list. You're able to celebrate and you won't die. This Biden's a heck of a salesman. Anyway, let's go to, we got one more here, right? Number 26, Biden at the White House today. We thought the only way to keep kids safe was to close schools. Now schools are open and we're going to get to keep tests and say you could stay. I mean, this is, this is uh, embarrassing, honestly, that we are America and this is the way we're handling this crisis, in particular under Joe El Baboso Biden. Listen to this. We know a lot more today than we did back in March of 2020. For example, last year, we thought the only way to keep your children safe was to close, your, close our schools. Today, we know more and we have more resources to keep those schools open. Now, hang on a second, we, Joe. You can get five. Because here's the thing. We didn't really think that, right? I think every parent I know was like, why are you shutting down the schools? What the heck is going on? My kid can't learn on Zoom. Everybody was up in arms, except for a couple of Karens. But yes, that was what was going on. Everybody was like, oh, I don't understand. I got to stay home now. Teachers were getting d displaced from their jobs. Everybody was freaking out. But he says, we thought the only way to do it. No, we didn't. You and your friends thought that. Good old uh, the Fouchster, Dr. Fauci. This is w where I think it's, do people really forget stuff? Do they think people have the shortest memories ever? I know they think we're stupid, but I guess now it's stupid and forgetful. Go ahead. That's what we didn't have until last month. Today, we don't have to shut down schools because of a case of COVID-19. Now, if a student tests positive, other students can take the test and stay in the classroom if they're not infected, rather than closing the whole school or having to quarantine. So rather than closing the whole school or having to quarantine, listen, first of all, I literally said that when I hosted the show on Friday and I've said it on my podcast, This is America with Rich Valdez. I've said it a bunch of times. Not that I invented this idea. I heard some doctor lady talk about it and I was like, man, that makes all the sense in the world. Why don't we elect her to be uh, the uh, replacement of good old the Fouchster? And now 
looks like Joe Biden's coming around. I think he's realizing, you know what? Everything I've done has caused people to not like me. Everything I've done makes my poll numbers and approval numbers continue to sink every single time they do a poll. So what happens now? I think he's really trying to, to, to turn the corner here so that he's not an incredible loser, which in my opinion, he's an incredible loser. But that's where we're at. Now, there's a couple of more that I want to share with you, and I'm going to jump right into them so that because they're short. Biden, of all people, Biden says that cable TV and social media are peddling lies about COVID. The interesting is he didn't say conservative talk radio. So kudos to us. Listen to this. But uptake slowed this summer as vaccine resistance among some heart. Look, the unvaccinated are responsible for their own choices. But those choices have been fueled by dangerous misinformation on cable TV and social media. You know, these companies and personalities are making money by peddling lies and allowing misinformation that can kill their own customers and their own supporters. It's wrong. It's immoral. I call on the purveyors of these lies and misinformation to stop it. Stop it now. <laughs> stop it. Stop it now. It sounds like my mom when I used to mess around and make jokes with my sister when we were at church at St. Edmund's on Avenue U. And uh, she would just look at me and be like, stop it. Stop it right now. And I, I can't help but laugh because now you can hear his, his tone is starting to reach that fever pitch, right? He's about to blow up on some righteous indignation because Joel Baboso Biden has had enough. Stop your lies. I got hairy legs. Me and Corn Pop, if you don't vote for me, then you ain't black, right? Come on, man. And here it is, the, the doozy. This is the one I've been waiting for, the pièce de la résistance. Joe Biden at the White House today, we're not trying to control your life. Listen to this. If people are vaccinated or tested, they're much less likely to get sick and less likely to spread it to others. Customers are more likely to come in and shop because they know it's a safe environment. I know vaccination requirements are unpopular for many. You know what I know? I know that Joe Biden's unpopular. I look at the polls every time they come out. He's not doing very well, folks. Go ahead for those who are anxious to get them. My administration has put them in place not to control your life, but to save your life and the lives of others. Well, thank you, sir, for saving my life. You can start with letting people work. <laughs> Let them make a living. That's the first step in saving their lives. But you know what? He gets angry if you tell him those things. Joe El Baboso Biden will take his aviator shades off and snap him with his right hand and start yelling at you. If you start talking, you start asking questions in a press conference, he will straight up get in your grill, in your face, spittle flying and everything. He will tell you, I shouldn't even be having this press conference, you dig? You know what I'm saying? What are you doing, cocaine man? And he'll be really, really righteously indignant and yell at you because he just has these emotional mood swings. Listen to this. And you know, if you don't get that vaccine for him, I mean that, excuse me, if you don't get that drug for him, if you don't get that, 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 that be, be able to take that, what happens? You're likely to go into a coma, maybe die. Not only do you put the kid's life at stake, you strip away all the dignity of a parent looking at their child. I'm not joking about this. Imagine being a parent looking at a child and you can't afford. You have no house to borrow against. You have no savings. It's wrong. 
But all the things in that bill are going to reduce prices and costs for middle class and working class people. It's going to reduce their costs. What's inflation? Having to pay more than the money you have because things have gone up. Well, bring down all those costs across the board from child care to a child care tax credit. But I'm not supposed to be having this press conference. <laughs> okay. Now, that one was the best one. They ask him about Build Back Better, and he, he just comes out with this diatribe. Because if you don't vote for the Build Back Better, you are making children poor. Right? Th these kids are going to be broke. I mean, it was the most... Um, uh, let's find an adjective for this. Perplexing, perhaps? It was incredibly confusing to me. What was he trying to sell here? He just looked sideways, got into a trance. It was like, the kids are poor and the poor they can't eat. You got to borrow money from your house. Call American Finance and get a refi. Blah, blah, blah. I, I didn't get it. It really went over my head. But it was just so uh, interesting to see that type of meltdown. And then he said, you know what? I'm going to keep my cool. I'm probably sundowning right now. I shouldn't even be doing this press conference. After all, I'm only the president. Anyway, don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Uh, click follow so we can keep in touch and let us know. Phone number 877-381-3811. Your calls are coming straight up. Don't move a muscle. I'm here for the great one. Mark Levin. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. Follow at Mark Levin Show on all of those platforms, uh, Getter, Harler, and Rumble, Mark at Mark Levin Show, because uh, he's got great stuff that he's putting out there, and you guys need to stay in the loop. Now, check this out. Part of what's going on is there's a lot of people sharing articles and lots of fact-checking going on, and one of the things that I noticed was that even Newsweek fact-checked it, and it seems to be correct. According to the latest data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, Dated December 19th, 803,593 people have died due to COVID since the beginning of the pandemic. That's over 800,000 deaths. Of those deaths, 351,754 of them occurred in 2020 when President Trump was in office and he had no vaccine to offer because he was spearheading the vaccine. And guess what? In 2020, there are indeed more deaths, nearly 455,000 in 2021. So, yes, are we to congratulate Joe Biden on his success? What success would that be? I see a caller here. Caller one, Jesse is his name. He says that we need to congratulate Biden on his success. Which success would that be, sir? Would that be the success of getting Build Back Better passed? No, I don't think so. Would it be the success of having more people killed under COVID? Yes, it would. So I'm not even going to go to you because you got nothing. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. Some of you guys know me as Mr. Call Screener from The Mark Levin Show. 
I want to talk about a few different things with all of you. So I'm going to give you the phone number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. And yeah, you can disagree with me. You just got to have a solid point. The guy in the last hour, he just didn't have a point. Now, what I want to talk about is this article that I saw, and I think I may have mentioned it a little bit last time, but I wanted to bring it up again because I was just talking about it with uh, Chris Salcedo. Big shout out to him uh, from WBAP and Newsmax about this Wall Street Journal poll, uh, a report about a poll where Hispanics are evenly split, 37% and 37% saying that they both uh, would um, support Trump or Biden. And this is revolutionary, if you will, because for decades, my entire lifetime, that's always been part of the guaranteed vote for the Democrat Party in the 60 to 70 percentile African Americans into the 80 uh, and, you know, close to 90 percentile. So what gives now that there's this big split? Well, obviously, Latinos are leaving the left because they've seen the economic growth that occurred during the Trump administration. It doesn't matter what color you are or what country you're born in. People come to America for the American dream. That's exactly why they're here. And it doesn't come as a shock to me, but it's pleasantly surprising, right? We could put it that way. Now, so we were talking about that, and, and I think that's really interesting. And now there's all this other um, reporting on the fact that uh, LULAC, and I forget what that stands for, but you could look it up, big Latino organization, not a conservative organization, but they decided we're not going to go with this whole Latinx thing. Latinx, not for us. Because in effect what this does is it takes away the gender-specific aspect of the Spanish language. So in effect you're gutting the language of, of Spanish, right? Spanish becomes gutted by the left. Now they do this in the English language as well by recreating words, redefining things. This is in large part what the left does and they're doing it doing it in Spanish doesn't make a difference it's what they do they redefine and they destroy and they make things to, to their own benefit so good old Ron DeSantis and his lieutenant governor Jeanette Nunes she had some comments on this and I wanted to share them with you because there's an overall bigger picture at play here that I want to do a little bit of a deep dive into so um, let's cue this one up mr. producer Jeanette Nunes check this out I don't know about you but I refuse to embrace these ridiculous woke terms like Latin X that's not happening I can tell you I am proud to stand here as the first Latina lieutenant governor in the history of our great state <laughs> offended by that term Latinx. And you know it's bad when the left-leaning fake news Miami Herald editorial board begs Democrats and progressives to drop the term. Yeah, the reason they're dropping the term is because they realize this is just countercultural. Now, the left loves to be countercultural with many things, right? They'll tell you if you speak English, well, you can't call somebody your girlfriend or your boyfriend. You got to say your partner, right? Because you know, we have to be gender neutral, gender fluid. But some idiot didn't realize that there's an entire language that's specifically designed on gender. <laughs> I mean, this is just how it works. And they missed the point, and I think it, they realized most people were offended by this. And this started a, a, a long time ago with using the at sign, right? The little A with a circle around it. And they thought, oh, we could put the at sign at the end of Latin, and it would be like Latina or Latino, and you could take your, you know, take your pick. 
people aren't as lazy as the left thinks that we are. But this isn't about Latinx, right? This is about the overarching theme within the communist takeover of the Democrat Party, right? The American Marxist movement or the creation of these American Marxists, as Levin points out in his book, because it's all one and the same. It's the iron fist inside of the Soviet glove. And the reason I say that is because this is a, a little bit of uh, geek stuff, but I'm going to share it with you. And it's 15 pages, so I'm not going to go into all of it. I'm just going to give you a taste of it. If you want to read it, I'll tweet it out, and you could, um, you could Google it if you like. But the communist has put so much emphasis and so much thought into breaking people down. Now, the great Thomas Sowell, he once made a very eloquent point, and I don't possess that level of eloquence to, to repeat it the way he did, but I can give you the gist of it. And he said, as long as the left continues to break people down and break them down, you know, uh, black, white, black, straight, white, gay, and, and continuing to modify and break people down and adding more sections and more categories and further broken down, ultimately what happens is what they didn't want, individualism. They create individualism because people are so specific. Anyway, that was his point, and it's a good one. But this doesn't stop the Marxist. This doesn't stop the Maoist. This doesn't stop the Leninist or the Stalinist from doing what they do to divide and conquer. So I'm looking at this essay, right? And this originally appeared in the Monthly Review in 1977. The title is, Are Puerto Ricans a National Minority? Now, the reason they're specific to Puerto Ricans is because Puerto Ricans are Americans. And this is a problem for them because they want to do in Puerto Rico like they did in Cuba. So to get people to say, you know what, become completely independent. You guys can get sponsored by China. You guys can be communists. So the same way there's a communist uh, move afoot in the United States and has been since the 1900s, it's been happening in Puerto Rico as well. So you've got patriots on the island and then you've got people that are uh, Marxist sympathizers. But the theory of the national minority, and this is fascinating because it extends beyond Puerto Ricans. This particular article is about Puerto Ricans. And again, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this, but I just want to open your eyes to how the Marxists work. And it says here, some sectors of the North American left are convinced that Puerto Ricans in the United States do not belong to the Puerto Rican nation. This is a community that's merely a national minority, an ethnic subdivision of a different nation, the United States. The national minority theory bears some resemblance to the old idea of the melting pot, or at least its liberal variant, Puerto Rican Americans, ethnic heritage, minority rights, etc. But there is one crucial difference. The national minority is said to be grounded in Marxism, and especially in a doctrine derived from a 1913 essay by Stalin himself, Marxism and the National Question. In essence, the argument is simple. Stalin listed the attributes which, in his opinion, an ethnic group must possess to qualify as a nation. So here you go. <laughs> Just like Joe Biden telling us if we could be on the good list or the, the naughty list, now Stalin's telling us how you can qualify as uh, a member of, of a particular nation. So this is Stalin's famous definition of a nation, which becomes the orthodox Marxist concept of the nation accepted by most Marxists, Stalinists and non-Stalinists alike, yada, 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 yada. You can read that on your own time. But this specifically goes into the theory that Puerto Ricans have to be dealt with a different way. Because if you're of Hispanic ethnicity from Colombia or Cuba or anywhere else, it's very different because you don't have American citizenship. And, and they want to remove the imperialism aspect because they feel that if they play it up too much, it won't work. 
So they have to play it down and use the oppressor versus the oppressed minus imperialism. Now, I find this, you know, it gets into the weeds, and I, you could check it out. It, to me, it really is interesting that the Marxist goes out of his way to think this deeply. When I look at people and I go, oh, wow, look, a crazy liberal. Oh, look, a radical leftist. I never sit here and think, well, this radical leftist comes from this part, and you really have to drill down to understand how to speak to these, but this is what they do, and they've got literature going back, you know, 100 years on this stuff, and that's the point that I'm making. When they talk about Latinx, this stuff has been thought of forever, 1977, that's before I was even born, but yet they were thinking of how they can convert Hispanics, what they called part of the national minority, but the real national minority was always African Americans. And I, one day I'll do a whole big show on that because that's a really deep topic where they really literally say, you know, we're going to get them to be involved in, in labor unions. We're going to get the national minority to be involved and have uh, positions that are of perceived power so that they can buy into what we're doing. I mean, they also talk about the promotion of the idea of white guilt. So when you have this type of influence and you have this type of uh, uh, nefarious nature afoot in the United States, of course we're going to have the problems that we're having because ultimately this is where we're at so i wanted to bring that up because i thought it was it was something that was was on target with what we're seeing and i do want to get to your calls on this stuff 877-381-3811 let's go to my buddy jimmy jimmy in brooklyn wabc go ahead you're doing a great job you know what the communist built in america they they set up these uh organizations and they claim we don't support any particular party or movement this is just a place to sit and talk and discuss things so they did that for decades so what they were doing according to their literature they built a broader oppositional movement they unite all opposition they have like a revolutionary menu so so you have Maoist, Marxist, Marxist, Leninist, Trotskyite, Stalinist, all these variations of Marxism, communism. It's kind of like the coronavirus variants, right? At the end of the day, they're all coronavirus, they're all COVID-19. And I think you're right, Jimmy. The, yeah. the idea is they want to get a lot of people, uh, because no matter your difference, when you're a Marxist, you ultimately always agree on the same fundamental tenets. Right. And then they all vote the Democrat Party. So what the Communist Party did, the Communist Party did a false split, which they do every couple of decades. They did a false split. Some of the leadership of the American Communist Party got together with the Freedom Road Socialist Organization, the Rainbow Coalition, and other groups. They got into the Democratic Socialist. And, and Jimmy, America. let me just jump in. This is very similar to what we see in American politics today, right? You've got the Democrat Party where you once had the quote-unquote moderates like Joe Manchin, and then you had the liberals like Nancy Pelosi, and then you have the, the far-left individuals, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and some people think to, seem to think that there's a civil war and they're all at, at, at each other's throats, but in reality, they're not. Birds of a feather flock together. And this is a movement where if they have a setback, it's only a temporary setback. See, Marxists know. They believe they're going to win because this is the natural course of history. It cannot be stopped. It's like the, the, the coming and going of the tides, the rising and going down of the sun and the moon and everything. So they really believe this. In fact, in Indonesia decades ago, the people rose up and killed tens of thousands of communists. The communist press... But they also did it in China. Right, they had the the Shanghai massacre where they were killing communists left and right, and this revolution to stop communists from coming. And then Mao Zedong figured out we're able to get to this, and he eventually took over. 
and Mao Zedong was supported by American policy. Our government, because there were so many Marxists working for the Soviet Marxists advising Roosevelt that they cut off all aid to the free Chinese who were helping rescue American downed pilots fighting the Japanese in that area of the world. So we took the aid that was supposed to send to the Americans fighting the Japanese and to the free Chinese fighting the Japanese and gave it to Mao. So the communists got uh, China, they killed 60, 70, 80 million. They got Korea, Vietnam, so we fight in Korea, Vietnam. And then later on, you know, we, uh, that was, uh, China, would, China first became communist. It was called Soviet China. Yeah, and well, this is how it happens. History uh, uh, ultimately repeats itself, and that's why I opened up the way I did, because I think we need to be hip to this stuff. Thank you for always giving us... Uh, the uh, the background giving us the skinny on all of this stuff. Anyway, keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S sitting in for the great one. Mark Lovin. I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S. Phone number 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. And I'm going to get to your calls. I want to um, I want to check in with Rita in Philly because we've been talking about Marxism. We've been talking about these pro crime district attorneys. I know they have one in Philly. Larry Krasner, he's absolutely horrible. Rita, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Oh. Well, thank you for taking my call and happy Merry Happy New Year, Merry Christmas. Thank you. Okay, I was calling a reference. You're welcome. Tell Mark I said I love him. Of course. Um, I was calling about the man who raped the woman on the uh, L. Mm -hmm. Before he raped her, I was catching the uh, L, and I crossed over 15th Street to catch the subway. I get on the subway. There's nobody on there. All of a sudden, I see this man coming towards me with his pants, pulling his pants down in front of me, you know, a zipper. Mm. I said, oh, no, you don't. And I got my knife out and my mace. He turned <laughs> right around and went into another car. Ah, it was okay. the same man that raped her. Wow. So what happened was, after I got off the train, there was a man going the same way I was going. And I was talking to him. I said, you see that man? I said, that man, he said, he's always messing with women, ma'am. He said, that's not new for him. And he lived down in the subway station on in 15th Street. He's a big, great, big man. Well, anyway, so he was telling me about him and everything. I called Scepter, and I told him, I said, you, somebody's going to get killed or raped or something. I told him that, and all his phone calls are recorded. So but let me tell you who thought this is. It's the Democrat Party. Here's mm -hmm. why. No cops, nowhere. You can hardly find a cop. Before they started that stuff with the cops, the cops used to police those trains up and down. They were clean and everything. Now they're dirty, stinky. It is a mess. That girl should also sue the Democrat Party because they're the ones who almost got me attacked and almost got her, uh, uh, got her attacked. Because the police, you don't hardly see none anymore. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I, I see it all the time, and it's it, I scratch my head, and I, I'm, I'm grateful that you didn't get hurt. I'm sorry that she did. The, the whole thing is horrible, and you're 100% right. The Democrat Party is opening the door. They're the party of crime, 
And it's it's such a shame. Uh, I mean, I'm glad you're carrying mace. In a hypothetical world, I say carry mace, carry an expandable baton to follow up on the mace bridge. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. Some of you guys know me as Mr. Call Screener from The Mark Levin Show. And I just got a, an email from Mark Levin. I want to read it to you. He says, I'll do it in my voice, not his. I, I, I do a pretty good Levin, but not that great. He says, as 2021 ends, I want to thank my fantastic audience for making American Marxism the number one book of the year with over 1.2 million sold and the number two talk radio show in America. Plus, it's the number one primetime cable news show, Life, Liberty, and Levin, on Sunday nights. Mark says, and I quote, I am deeply blessed and grateful. God bless each and every one of you. So that's to you, Levinites. Thank you for making American Marxism a success. And for those of you who haven't gotten it, Take advantage of that discount on Amazon. Buy two copies. Give one away to a lib. Give one away to a family member or friend that you're going to see at Christmas. And uh, make sure you do that right away. Now, I want to talk about AOC, my least favorite congresswoman from the Bronx and Queens, all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And good old AOC, she um, she had some... <laughs> She had a little temp, uh, temper tantrum, I'm going to say. She had a temper tantrum when she was on the Morning Joe show because she felt that it was uh, inappropriate that mansions should be allowed to operate within a republic as a senator. And I know my brother Rich Dioli kind of alluded to this la last night, and even more than alluded to it, he really broke it down. But I just like to hear her complain and whine. I love it when, <laughs> when people get under her skin. And this time it was somebody from her own party, but it usually is, quite frankly. You know, for the Republicans, she just says things like, I'm afraid I'm going to get assaulted. Ah! And then when it's the Democrats, she says things like, you know, they shouldn't do this. It's bad. It's In this case, she said, it's undemocratic, the fact that, we're operating in a constitutional republic. Listen to this. I mean, it is it is unconscionable the way that the Senate operates. It's fundamentally undemocratic. And now what it's doing is that it is allowing the stripping of people's voting rights across the country. We're in a crisis. 19 states have passed over 30 three laws to limit or restrict the right to vote in the United States of America. We are beyond the time for something to pass. And my concern is that even Manchin's compromise or the fact that he was making statements just this past week that he was just having conversations with the parliamentarian about voting rights that were illuminating. How has this not happened all year long? And so what we really need to do is crack down on the Senate, which operates like an old boys club that has a couple of gals in it that have managed to break through. <laughs> Hang on a second before there's only a little bit left. But I want to jump in here because we have to crack down on the fact that the Senate operates the way it was supposed to. Right. She's obsessed. Her and so many of her friends on the left obsessed. They want to make sure that they eliminate the filibuster so that there's no more debate. They want to change the way the court is um, situated, adding more court packing, because it, it, the way it is is not good. The way it was intended to be, wrong. It's imperialist, it's colonialist, and it's not communist enough for AOC all out crazy. Go ahead. We need to actually institute some institution. We actually need to implement some institutional discipline. Institutional discipline. So that means she wants to discipline the institution of the Senate by 
imposing her will. And again, this is what the revolutionaries are all about. The Marxist revolutionary, the communist revolutionary, these radical socialists, far left-wing people, they believe in the movement. This is not about we the people. This is not about America. This is not about the Constitution. This is about their Marxist movement. They are radicals. And it's so important. I, remember, I read you that quote from Mao Zedong earlier. And I think it's... I'm going to repeat it if I can find the paper. Communism is not love. Communism is a hammer which we use to crush the enemy. That's from Chairman Mao. She sees everything she does as a tool to crush the enemy to bring about change. That's what they're here for, to bring about change. They're not here to, to just live their lives, like we say, like Reagan, right? To get off my back and out of my pocket. Leave me alone. No. And that's the problem. They know that's our weakness, that we just want to be left alone. We just want to raise our kids and do what we got to do. They've got something sinister planned. They've got something else going on. They're at work every single day. They never stop to say, what do we do? What do we do? What are we going to do? They never do that. They always know what they're going to do. They always know the next step. They're always ready to come for you and come for me and come for our children and come for our institutions, come for the colleges. They're coming for everything that we hold good and holy. And I'm not trying to be a, a demagogue here and scare you into anything. I'm trying to, if anything, illuminate so that people can really see this is a very serious thing to the Marxist. And we just think, ah, oh, these crazy lefties. It goes way beyond the crazy lefties. Let me jump into this call right here because I think it's a good time. Scott on line two, Bronsonburg, West Virginia. Scott, what's going on? You're on with Rich Valdez. Hey, Rich. Good to hear your voice, buddy. Thank you, sir. Hey, uh, I agree with what you're saying, and I feel like that, you know, the one thing about Democrats is, and I've touched this many times, is they plot and they scheme. And the one thing that you can do to catch them in these plots and schemes and also predict their next move is when they start accusing others, it's exactly what they're actually doing or have done. So to me, the, the fact that they want to investigate all these people in this January 6th, it shows to me they're hiding something. They actually are the, the ones that actually planned it. It was a plot to, to, to find something to hold against Donald Trump so he couldn't run in the next election. 100%. That's exactly right. And again, I'm going to refer back to this quote. I mean, I don't have any tattoos, but I might just uh, tattoo this one to get it so I never forget it. Communism's not love. Communism is a hammer which we use to crush the enemy. They wake up every day planning to crush you, Scott, to crush me. That's their goal. That's their point. Nothing's by accident. Nothing's by happenstance. This isn't about public service. Now, I always say I want to talk to the left. I want to participate. I don't hate them, but I hate what they believe. And I still I remain that way because I understand that their ideas are flawed and I'm happy to have the debate and happy to have the conversation. But we have to realize, uh, those of us that are lovers of liberty, uh, lovers of America, patriots, we have to say, you know what? I can't wake up every day and just hope for the best. I can't wake up every day knowing that somebody, to use my punch in the face analysis from before, an analogy I should say, I know that somebody's trying to punch me in the face. I know somebody's trying to punch my kid in the face. I can't sit here and pretend that's not happening. I've got to be ready, and not just ready to, to block their punch, but to block their punch and take them down so that they don't punch me again. And that's where we've got to get. So when people say 
that you know what it's it's the republicans are too weak they're too nice they don't fight back they do fight back and that's the problem they're fighting back but they're not attacking and that was the difference with trump he didn't just fight back he attacked wrong you're fake news he gave it to them this is the key DeSantis. these guys are on the attack they're not they're not out to get everybody but they're out to get their enemies because they've got to get their point across and lamentably that's where we are kill or be killed right eat or get eaten big fish eats little fish that's the part of uh the world that we're in that's the part of the political climate that we're in uh scott thank you very much i appreciate your call and uh let's see where do we go from here do we um we have another call. Okay, that's what I wanted to know if we had time. Let's see here. Let's go to Jerry. Jerry Lafayette, Louisiana. What's up, my man? Hello, sir. How are you tonight? Wonderful. Merry Christmas. I'm good. Um, Merry Christmas. Um, I was sitting across the room. I'm a little passionate about this because it's, it's infuriating me. Is that I'm a pilot. I'm a member of a lot of different organizations. And we're actually, I have a paper that, you know, that's being filed against, has been filed against the federal government, <clears throat> signed off by some of the most prestigious people you ever want to see, including like Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, people right. that, Can uh, you get to the bottom line here? The bottom line is, is that I do not know why the, why the heck the, the, the news is not talking about the number of commercial pilots that have died within one or two days in the cockpit from the COVID shot. Blood clots, strokes, all it's documented. It's easily defined. Where, where is it documented? I'd love to take a look. Uh, let me give you a hang on. I'll give you the uh, information right here. All right, well, you could give it to Mr. Call Screener, um, and uh, we'll definitely take a look, because I haven't seen it, and people have made these allegations to me also. So there's pilots that are dying mid-flight. This is happening. That's happening. I can't corroborate it. I haven't seen the proof, and I get it. The answer to that is always going to be, Oh, well, they hide, the, they hide it. There's a media blackout. You can't get the proof. You know, and it was, I was going to open the show with this comment, but I, this is a perfect place for it. I was going to say, you know, when, when AOC gets very upset with Joe Manchin, and um, we're going to play that audio, and he'll hand Omar freaking out. Everybody's freaking out about Joe Manchin. But when they get so upset with Joe Manchin, isn't it funny how the left doesn't say things like, I guess he's been compromised. I wonder what they got on Manchin. Oh, the right must have Manchin. Oh, they must have so much dirt on him. Oh, they must have pictures. Oh, oh, oh. I didn't hear any of that from the left. They just took the loss. And that's sometimes what you got to do. Take the loss. Forget all the craziness of what do they got on who and what and this. and Who cares what, who's got what? It's the bottom line. He said he's not voting. Let's see if he sticks to his guns on that. I think he will because he'll lose credibility otherwise. But anyway, that's all I've got for now. We're going to hit this break, come back, more of your calls, and Ilhan Omar and all of that fun stuff. I am Rich Valdez filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S. I want to check in with the callers. We got callers from all over the place tonight. California, Tampa, Florida, Long Island, New York, Puerto Rico, Prescott, Arizona. It's great to be able to speak with Americans from every corner of this great land. Our telephone number is 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I want to go to Neil in Prescott, Arizona. What's going on, Neil? Hi, Merry Christmas. Hey, my dad sat me down when I was 16 years old, summer of 68, and said, what the hell are you getting Chairman Mao's bed book for in the mail? Well, mm. it was legal at the time, of course, getting stuff from China. 
Plus, the FBI showed up at his office asking what was going on. And I explained to him that it was a social studies deal. And, of course, I didn't tell him I was trying to join the Communist Party. And, of course, then I found out that my dad survived China and the OSS because the Japanese fought the Chinese communists two weeks after the war was over and let my dad go and died doing it. So I ended up learning an awful lot about communist China. Well, I did not get my older brother out of China. I get, did not get an older sister out of China. Folks were going to adopt, and the communists stopped it. So I started learning. And, of course, later I was asked to join another group, the Weathermen, Bernadine Dorn and Bill Ayers' group. And, of course, I Did said, you blow anything up, Neil? I knew how to, and that was the problem. And the guy had a forty-five zip gun and his hippie outfit, and yeah. I couldn't beat the... Be, uh, take him down so I should have turned him in for stuff but then uh, I had been asked to join several other groups including the Black Panthers my dad's <laughs> Black Irish the guy didn't get the point when I told him that but the whole idea that the Democrats asked me to join three groups American Nazi KKK and the uh, I'm Irish so of course the Irish uh, Republican Army and I had well, what'd you end up doing it seems everybody's but, recruiting you where'd you end up I ended up joining the Republican Party like <laughs> Reverend Martin Luther King. Amen to that. And then brother. I went to college for I went to college to be a cop and found out more problems. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's a fascinating story. And you know, you're not the first one to share it with me. Actually, on on my program, This Is America with Rich Valdez, I did a really fascinating interview with uh, a kid that his dad was the guy that taught the weathermen how to bomb. He was the, the an engineer and was the main bomb maker. And then he started teaching like FALN and these other uh, groups how to do it. And he was the first one to introduce a detonator to blow up federal buildings and whatnot. It was a really interesting thing because he said my dad was a mild-mannered, regular guy that got radicalized right here in the United States of America. It's a really deep-dive interview, and it really opened my eyes to a lot of things. So, Neil, thank you so much for sharing that with us. I appreciate it. Here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S. Some of you guys know me as Mr. Carl Spooner from The Mark Levin Show. Others know me from Newsmax, and some of you guys listen to my show. This is America with Rich Valdez. You can hear that on iHeartRadio. And it's my pleasure to be with you. Mark is off tonight for the holidays. 877-381-3811. And the wokeness continues to attack America over and over and over. On Friday, I was with you guys, and this article came out in the afternoon, and it got by me. I wanted to get to it, but I wasn't able to get to it in time, so I'm sharing it with you today. Fox 26 News, KMPH. Headline, Mom scolds California school for allegedly coaching her 12-year-old into becoming trans. Now, this is something that I think really has to be spoken about. And before we get into what the mom had to say, I, I want to... Um, bring some attention to this right this is to me very very serious when you send your kid to school you're trusting someone with your most prized I don't want to say possession but what matters most to people are their children and when you entrust your children to a public educator you think you know what 
you're somebody that's been vetted. You're somebody that, like they say in Puerto Rico, right? somebody that is right, somebody that's true, somebody that's going to do the right thing. And when this happens, it's like, hey, hold on a second. What's going on? I trusted you with my kid, and you're letting me down. And that seems to be what's happening. And what's worse is when they decide we're going to make fun of you, and we're going to attack your faith, and we don't care what you believe, and you have this false morality because you believe in Jesus, or you're a, 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 a Jew or a Muslim or whatever. This morality that you derive from your faith, from your religion, it's bogus, it's fake, it's phony, it's fraud. That's what they believe. And they make fun of us. Right? The one teacher actually made a, a Dr. Seuss rhyme to attack evangelical Christians, and they, in particular, are doing this in areas where it's very conservative. So I want you to listen to this. This teacher at a school board meeting, after the parents spoke out about critical race theory and books containing pornographic content and stuff like that, this teacher demanded uh, that she speak, and after she spoke, she demeaned everybody with this uh, Dr. Seuss parody. This is uh, from the libs of TikTok on Twitter. If you're not following, you're missing out. Listen to this. Everyone in Leander liked reading a lot, but some evangelicals in Leander did not. These kooks hated re reading the whole reading season. Please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be perhaps critical thinking causes fright. It could be their heads aren't screwed on just right. But whatever the reason, their brains or their fright, they can't follow policy in plain black and white. You wrote EF Local so that our children could learn. Please follow policy if there's cause for concern. These bigots don't get to choose for us, that's clear. Then how, I am wondering, did we even get here? They growl at our meetings, all hawing and humming. We must stop this indoctrination from coming. They've come for the books and the bonds, and what for? Their kids don't even attend Leander schools anymore. Bring back our books, maintain decorum, good grief. Wouldn't it be nice to have a meeting in peace? Having a meeting in peace, and this is her attack on the people. Now, listen, I'm going to delve into this a little bit so that you really get the gist of it, because I read about three different articles on this, and I think this one kind of sums it up the best, because it really kind of takes you through exactly what's happening. There was some leaked audio, not that one, other leaked audio of certain teachers explaining how they're creating these clubs for for transsexuals and for um, let me not make it up let me give it to you right from the source right Fox 26 News uh, Friday December 17th this is in Spreckles California a parent tore into a California school board saying teachers encouraged her child to become transgender in a speech that was caught on camera and shared online Jessica Cohen spoke at the Spreckles Union School District School Board meeting where she accused staff of indoctrinating her then 12-year-old daughter at what was being called an equality club, quote-unquote. And this is according to a piece in the Epic Times that was reported in November. And we're going to get to that audio in a second. But I want to go on a little bit. The report details Conan's allegations toward the school, which starts with a teacher encouraging her child into attending the equality club and their meetings that occurred during lunchtime. In some leaked audio, teachers from the school were recorded speaking at a California Teachers Association conference, the good old teachers convention, entitled, or excuse me, titled, 2021 LGBTQ Plus Issues Conference, Beyond the Binary, Identifying, or excuse me, Identity and Imagining Possibilities. 
where in part of the conference, teachers discussed how to run gay straight alliance clubs, what they call GSA, in what's also being called conservative communities. So they're specifically looking for evangelical Christians and conservative communities to bring the gay straight alliance club to build allies. They want to teach your children it's okay. Even if you're not gay, you have to be friends with the gay. Gay is the way. That's what they're talking about. It goes on. One of the teachers who spoke at the conference, Lori Caldeda, was a teacher and a club leader at Conan's Child School. This was revealed in the leaked audio. Caldera suggested hiding from parents if their children are attending GSA clubs, according to award-winning journalist Abigail Schreier, who had obtained the leaked audio. Here's a quote. Because we are not official, we have no club rosters, we keep no records, said Lori Caldera, allegedly says in this leaked audio clip. In fact, sometimes we don't really want to keep records because if parents get upset that their kids are coming, we're like, yeah, I don't know, maybe they come. You know, we would never want a kid to get in trouble for attending if their parents are upset. Schreier details more in her article titled, How Activist Teachers Recruit Kids, about the leaked documents and audio from the teachers' conference, who were, as she says, trying to subvert parents when it comes to students' gender identity and sexual orientation. That's an absolute outrage. And listen, outrage is not my shtick. I'm usually like, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, hey, you know. But this is crazy. Think of your 12-year-old son or daughter. And yeah, I said son or daughter, boy or girl, being perverted by their teacher. With, oh, just come to the club. Come during lunch. Don't tell your parents. This is the stuff that pedophilia is made of. Now, I'm not saying that's what they're doing, but that's how these people groom. They bring you here. They, they teach you this. They show you that. Out of control. It goes on. Near the end of the sixth grade year and in the middle of the child's seventh grade year, Conan's child reportedly claims she may be bisexual. Conan says she was called to attend a meeting with her child, a teacher, and the principal of the school. During the meeting, Conan says she was told her child was trans-fluid. I don't even know what that means. I think a lot of people don't know what that means. Of course, somebody's going to call and say, oh, that's because you're one of those rich and you should learn. Anyway, here's a quote from the audio again. I sat across the table. I was crying. I was trying to absorb everything Conan said in an interview with the Epic Times. They kept looking at me angrily because I kept saying she, and it was going to take me time to process everything. I was very confused. I was very upset. I was blindsided, completely blindsided. That's the mom. The teacher reportedly accused Conan of not being emotionally supportive of her own child, who was being referred to with male pronouns and a new name. Conan, to imagine that you go to school, the teacher's like, hey, yeah, you so-and-so's mom and dad, blah, 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 great. So little Susie's really little Sammy, and you need to get right, mom. No way. Anyway, that's just me. I don't, I don't think that's the right place to handle that type of thing. The teacher reportedly accused Conan of not being emotionally supportive. Blah, 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 blah. Saying that she was acting in a mean-spirited way toward her, and she felt like the teacher had completely coached her child. It made me feel very, very small as a parent. I was unaware of anything. No one at any time mentioned to me, oh, I think that I, I want to uh, change your kid's name, or hey, your kid's transgender, and the child never mentioned it either. Nothing. I only heard bisexual one time, and that was it, according to uh, Ms. Conan. Following the meeting, Conan says Child Protective Services showed up at her house and asked her children if they wanted to be removed from the home. Wow! 
Please pay attention to this and tell your neighbor because this is crazy stuff. And guess what? It's not the conservative Republicans that are doing it. A complaint had been reportedly made with CPS against Conan following the school meeting. Conan says she com- complied with CPS, and in the end, the case was dropped. Thank God. Conan removed her child from the school, and the child is reportedly comfortably integrating into a new school. Now, at the school board meeting in December, December 16th, uh, that was last Thursday, Conan spoke about her experience to board members, busting out into tears and explaining the things that went on. I have a transcript here, and I'll get into the transcript in a minute, but I want you to hear the actual audio. This is um, Ms. Conan at the California school board meeting, and this is... uh, this is a really big problem. Check this out. Let these teachers come in and act as if they have nothing wrong. They've done nothing wrong. A mistake? How long of a mistake? How many mistakes are we going to take before my child almost lost her life? They didn't tell me that my child is suicidal. You allowed these teachers to open their classrooms teaching predatorial information to a young child, a mindful child that doesn't even know how to comprehend it all. How do you not know what was going on on your own campuses? Did you think that no parent would ever come forward? You will not quiet me today. I will stand here today and protect my child along with every other child who has not come forward yet. Do you, do you, do they have psychiatry degrees that I was unaware of? Because I didn't hire them, okay? I did not hire them to sit there and nitpick my child's brain. You took away my ability to parent my child. Even before I had any knowledge, I didn't even get to show support. You asked for support, I didn't get a chance. You planted seeds, Miss Caldera and Miss Baraki, Mr. Brock and you, Miss Pagarin. Your job was to educate my child in math, science, English, etc. Do your job and let me do mine. They assumed, they assumed that my child needed your aid and resources. They pushed it in the face. And tonight, I will stick up for her. Miss Caldera, you're guilty. Miss Baraki, you're guilty. You changed her personal documentation, her gender, her name, her email. I authorized an AKA added to her attendance because I wanted to be supportive. But guess what? She's allergic to bees. Her medical record says a birth name and you changed it. Who administers that now? Not everything, not me. You guys did this on your own accountability and you've gone too far. They downgraded me in front of my child and allowed me to question myself as a mother. You sat there and told me how my child was going to be. And then you wrapped your hands around her while I sat across the table and cried. Because you thought you could be there better than I and I never got a chance. She was scared to even say anything. Your guys' voice were heard, not hers. I'm actually without words because I have children and I just I can't imagine ever doing this. First of all, kudos to this woman, Jessica Conan. God bless her. Let me tell you, her articulation. I could not imagine the rage running through my body and having the ability to speak as eloquently as she did to make her point so clear. I don't think there's a person that's listening to this right now that could really disagree with her position. She is the parent. If you do, give me a call. 877 877- three eight one thirty eight eleven and help me understand why it's okay for a teacher to circumvent the process of educating someone in reading writing math whatever it is and no I'm gonna teach your kid what their sexual orientation is because that's really my job I have a quote I'm looking at the quote you just heard this 
And she said, you took away my ability to parent my child. Even before I had any knowledge, I didn't even get to show support. You asked for support, I didn't get a chance. She's right. You changed her personal documentation, her gender, her name, her email. I authorized an AKA, also known as, added to her attendance because I wanted to be supportive. But guess what? She's allergic to bees. So she's su su suggesting that she probably has an EpiPen. She could potentially go into anaphylactic shock. And it says, her medical record says her birth name and you changed it. This could be life-threatening. You bring somebody, you're like, hey, we have little Susie. Oh, snap, no, it's really little Tommy. We don't know the record. We don't know they're having shock. They're dead because of these stupid people. She goes on, and you heard it, but I just can't help but repeat it. They downgraded me in front of my child and allowed me to question myself as the mother. You sat there and told me how my child was going to be, and then you wrapped your hands around her while I sat across the table and cried because you thought you could be there better than I, and I never got a chance. She was scared to even say anything. Man, I don't know how this lady kept it together. I don't know how she kept it together, but she did. And this is just the tip of the iceberg in the wokeness that's attacking America. There's more. The pronoun battle is in full swing. We're going to jump into that in the next segment. I want you to hear some of the other audio that we've got because it's not just white privilege. And I'll tell you this. If the left thought that critical race theory and telling your kid he should feel bad for being white or he should feel bad for being black and parents were in an uproar over that, if they thought that was bad... This is going to be an all-out war. Anyway, do not move a muscle. I am Rich Valdez sitting in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. Let's go to Portland, Oregon and check in with Stephen. What's up, Stephen? You're on with Rich Valdez. Hi, Rich. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. And I want to ask you a question. Do you think that it's appropriate for public school teachers to circumvent the authority that parents have? Uh, Rich, I'm a 61-year-old bisexual. Um, I'm a white male. I've always been uh, treated uh, horribly in gay circles for years. I'm old enough to remember when lesbians and gay people didn't get along. My child is a senior in a Portland high school. He joined Gay Straight Alliance, oh, probably ninth grade, tenth grade, went for a year and a half, was treated pretty horribly. I think my son identifies as straight. Um, the policies that are going on, no, no, absolutely not. The, the, to listen to that female parent that was in California, was that where she was? Yes, sir. That you had, yeah, it was that abhorrent. The, um, I feel my heart just feels for her. It was bringing me to tears. Yeah, this stuff's been going on. My kid's a senior. You know, my kid's a senior. All right. I've, you know, I've witnessed this. They've been cutting kids at PTA meetings since my son was in fifth grade. They, the public school systems are. They're segregating kids off for conversations separate and away from parents. They've been doing it for over a decade. It's sickening, Stephen. I think you're right. Thank you for sharing that with us. I appreciate your call. Make sure you call again. Eight 
877-381-3811 if you want to disagree. And 877-381-3811 for regular Americans. Uh, Richie V filling in for the great one. But I want you to hear this clip of audio. Now, this is something, again, I got from Libs of TikTok. Make sure you follow them. They have some of the best crazy, uh, woke... Um, culture wars type of uh, posts every day stuff that you just don't see they go out of their way to find it on TikTok and Instagram and they put it on Twitter and it's uh, it's of benefit because there's a lot of things going on that I think a lot of us just aren't aware of because we're like oh I gotta pay my bills I gotta go to work I've got to do this I gotta run my business I gotta drive my truck I've got to do this that and the other thing right etc 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 and it escapes us but when it comes down to parental authority being usurped this is a very big thing and I think we need to play close attention this is not about the issue of LGBTQ that happens to be the issue here this is about you no longer having control over your child it's just as insidious as vaccinating a child against the parents will and that seems to be the next thing too it's kinda like hey look if you're dumb enough to put your kid in public school then you deserve what's coming to you it wasn't always like that but it seems to be the case now and it's unfortunate to put it that way but I want you to hear this woman now I don't have her name and I I'm calling her a woman but she's actually a um, uh, he uh, she it one <laughs> what do I say here uh, an individual they them with green hair that appears to be a woman and she's gonna get into that in her uh, diatribe here has a lesson on pronouns for you and for me. Check this out. I am stitching this video again to give further clarification. Again. Because cis people keep asking stupid questions. Again. I'm fed Again. And cis people being you and me, right? Those of us that were born into the gender that we happen to claim to, to be, right? So we are cis. I'm a cis male. Go ahead. By any and all pronouns. This includes neo pronouns. I am non-binary, not gender fluid. My preferred pronouns are they, them. However, I go by any and all pronouns because I know that if I go by they, them, I will face misgendering. And I just don't have the mental energy for that. Hold on a second. So who's got the mental energy for this? Right? I mean, I get so mentally exhausted. I lose so much mental energy when I'm walking down the street and people say, hey, aren't you they, them? And I go, yes, that's me. Because otherwise I lose energy. Go ahead. All pronouns, people can't deliberately misgender me. If I have told someone I am non-binary and they refuse to use any pronouns other than she, her, I will get a little bit annoyed. Because that means that they are looking at me, being female presenting, and they only see me as a woman. They don't see okay, me as a woman. Okay, hold on. I also see her as a woman. If you see this video, and I, if I didn't tweet it out, I will, and I'll share it on Getter and all the other great social media, at Rich Valdez with an S. The, the woman, she's a pretty woman, I think I can say she's pretty. She has like a lime green or like a skittle-colored green hair. And uh, looks like a girl, has this like British Australian thing going on. And, you know, she's schooling us on this. And I paid attention to it. I've listened to it twice. I, I really, I get her point, but I think she's really reaching here, right? You see me, I'm a bald guy, uh, kind of heavy set, and I got a beard, and I'm me. If you call me a woman, you're being a wise guy, right? <laughs> and you're going to get what comes. But she, she looks like a woman. Anyway, let's continue. They don't acknowledge the fact that my gender identity is non-binary. They just see me as a woman. I dress in a feminine manner because non-binary doesn't equal androgyny. And non-binary people do not owe you androgyny. In fact, neither do trans people. The idea of passing in general is absolutely ridiculous. Just respect someone's gender identity. In the comment section, I said cis people be quiet. This includes queer cisgendered people. Cis people, you don't deserve a trophy for using people's correct pronouns because that is the bare minimum. 
and the cis people in my comments that are refusing to use the right gender pronouns because I look like a woman can just shut up. I'm not giving you free emotional labor. I do not care. But you look like a woman, so I'm going to refer to you as a woman. I do not care. I am telling you I am non-binary. If you cannot respect that, shut up. Unlearn your transphobia. I'm not asking people to try and shoehorn in every single pronoun they can when they refer to me. I'm just asking for them to spice it up a little bit. A bit of diversity, you know? Oh, he's my girlfriend. Oh, uh, their wallet's over there. Oh, she said that they don't really like that. It's that simple. What do I do if I don't know someone's gender and I don't want to ask them about their pronouns? Use gender-neutral language like they, them, until they tell you otherwise. But they, them is plural. You can't use it in a singular way. Oh, Hold on. I'm so confused so far. I mean, she said so many things. She's my boyfriend. She said that. I, I didn't know you could do that. Did anybody else raise your hand if you know, but not if you're driving? Anyway, th this, and we're going to get back to her in a second, but this whole concept, she's saying, oh, it's not that, uh, shut up, shut up, cis people, shut up. Uh, I'm, I'm having a tough time shut uping because I don't understand uh, the, the, the trajectory here. She accepts every pronoun. She doesn't accept every pronoun. She'll respond to some but not the others. But don't you dare say she's a woman because she dresses feminine and presents as a female. Did I get that right? Go ahead. Said that they wanted their onions to go over there. Look how easy that was. They want their onions to go over there. I don't care. I, I love their accent. I thought it was really entertaining. And somewhat informative. Again, this is probably the third time or the fourth time that I've heard that clip. And I, I got to tell you, it's still not something that seems first nature to me. If I see this woman, I would probably call her ma'am, miss, or something like that and probably get in trouble. But this is where we are. That craziness that you just heard and experienced right along with me, that's where we are, and there are people that defend this and say that this is... Now, listen, I'm not saying that it, she should be chastised for those beliefs. No. If she indicates to me that she wants to be called a he or a, a, a they, then I'm, I'm going to try, but that's very difficult. And to, to hold everybody accountable because they've lived their entire lives where there's boys and girls, men and women, male and female, and now there's this whole new thing where everybody has to fit into it. Not just the transsexuals or the transvestites or the, the this small minority group of people that tend to want to reinvent the wheel but everybody now has to fall into this i think it's just uncalled for and these clubs these gay straight alliance clubs that have this um, no accountability with no parental uh, oversight or information where the school doesn't even keep attendance nobody knows who's coming or going it doesn't sound like a good idea and, and the rest of this article which you guys can read on your own time but it was good to know that the club in question with this woman and her daughter that was uh, attempted to uh, convert, the club has been uh, canceled, it's been suspended, and a quote from the school district says, any future school clubs will be required to submit an outline of all activities and materials before being allowed to meet. Student sign-in sheets will be maintained and parent-guardian permission slips will be sent home prior to clubs holding any meetings. Well, that sounds a little bit more like it because you know what? My kid's a cheerleader. I had to sign almost my, my entire life away <laughs> and the amount of paperwork that had to get filled just so that she could become a cheerleader. You have to, there's a permission slip for everything, just for one activity. So it really strikes me as odd that people can have these types of clubs and just get away with it clearly the rules are being broken so don't be misled and think that this is some sort of uh, uh, what she said your your transphobia is showing or whatever she said it's not about that or the the redefinition of phobia words 
this is really about usurping parental authority and attacking the innocence of a child. And of course, somebody's going to want to argue that children aren't innocent at the 12, but that's a debate that I guess, you know, only a parent could have. Anyway, I want to go to your calls. There's a couple of calls here on this topic that I wanted to get to. Let me see which was the one I wanted to go to. Uh, Steve on line six, Indiana. Steve, what's up? You're on with Rich Valdez. Hi, Rich. Uh, how are you doing today? Wonderful. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Um, what, one, one issue, I'm, a, I'm an admin at a high school in Indiana, uh, very conservative. Um, most of the admin are conservatives, but these woke issues are, are starting to creep in a little bit. We had a meeting with some lawyers to see, you know, just the questions of whether this, this, and this. One of the questions came up was, if you had a student named Susie who wanted to be named Bobby, wants to be called by Bobby, uh, but the parents don't want the student to be called Bobby. They still want the student to be called Susie. But Susie's counselors are pushing for this change in name. Do we call the student Susie still, even though the parents don't want that, or do we call what the student wants to be called and the counselor tells us to do? And we were told that when this issue starts to come up, if push comes to shove, the student gets the right to be called whatever the student wants to be called, even if the parents don't want that to happen. Well, you know what, Steve? This is wonderful news. America, listen up very closely. Ask your children to rename themselves Donald Trump. One word, Donald Trump, right? Maybe you could go with Donaldus. And when they go to school, watch how quick we fix this little rule of theirs. You go to school, what's your name? I identify as a patriot. I identify as an American. My name, Donald Trump. If the little Hispanic kids, they could, I am Donald Trump. Everybody gets to be Donald Trump. Guess what happens when everybody becomes Donald Trump? They will say, no, 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 I am going to call you little Susie. I am going to call you by your given birth name because we will not allow that to happen. Do you agree, Steve? Absolutely. It's just, uh, it's an issue where, I mean, we hate it because we feel like legally, it's, it's you know, the schools do a lot. Uh, I know there's a lot of schools that are extremely liberal, but we feel like we want to do the right things, but the court system is making us, you know, do what we don't want to do. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Why did you become a teacher? I... I come from a, uh, my, my mother taught for years. Um, I love uh, to be a part of kids and changing kids' life. Uh, I had a, a girl who came from a, a family whose parents, uh, siblings, cousins never graduated high school. And I once told her, I looked at her, she's a trouble kid. And I said, you could do something. You could be a nurse. She said, no, I can't. I don't have any money. I said, you can do this. So it sounds like you got into becoming an educator to to help the lives of children and obviously through education, you know, encouraging them through career fields and whatnot. So I'm going to take a, a leap here and say that you, you want them to learn. You want to teach them. And by them learning, they improve their lives. Right. Absolutely. Especially about the real world. Now, tell me about some of your colleagues that became teachers just for the sake of social and political movements and being activists and recruiting from within the public school system. I, I, I'm very blessed to say that where I'm at is a very conservative community. And we well, I don't mean specifically where you are. I mean, in the industry as a whole, would you agree that that's actually something that's happening? 
Absolutely, and it's uh, it's it's alarming because we're getting away from teaching English, math, science, and we're going into teaching kids, uh, you know, about we're not teaching, telling them who they are, and and that's in. in the was it like that when you signed up to be a teacher? No, absolutely not. It was not. I didn't think it was. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate your call. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, let's go to Brian in Las Vegas. Brian, what's going on? You're on with Rich Valdez. Hi, a couple quick points I want to make. First of all, studies have come out that 1 in 11 people are gay in this country. Many of those people say that they knew they were gay when they were 6 or 7 years old. Many of those kids are afraid to come out. Why? Because of all the rhetoric. A lot of it on the right. Anti-gay marriage. You're weird. You're different than me. What many teachers are doing in this country is they're saying it's okay to be who you are. It's okay to be gay. Not you have to be gay or you better be gay. Can you take a couple examples like you're doing of extreme examples? Sure. There's that on both sides. But don't you understand that there is a lot of discrimination out there, and people that are gay or transgender in this country have been dealing with discrimination your whole life, and this is the story that you want to talk about? I find it to be so insane and so insane that the people well, out there... Let me there ask you a question, Brian. Do you think it's appropriate in, in this scenario, because, again, we're talking about this, not about what you're talking about. We're talking about this, about this woman, Ms. Conan, and her daughter who was coerced into becoming a transsexual, and her name was changed, and she was attending this... Uh, what I'm going to call an illegal club or an unsanctioned club, uh, are you saying that that's right and that we should have more of that? Uh, did I use the term coerced? Have I you asked you a question and I'm waiting for an answer. I don't, and I'm giving you an answer. I don't believe it's a yes or no. It's be... not that difficult. Uh, well, you're not listening. You're interrupting me. I just I'm, said I'm going to keep interrupting you because I gave you at least a minute to, to, to say your story. You said your story, and now I'm asking you a simple yes or no, and now you want to dance around. I've just answered no three times. You're, again, you're not listening. I have one other quick point I want to make, if I may. Go ahead. What person on the ra what person on the radio calls themselves great? Don't you think Mark Levin is a little insecure? Well, first of all, you tell me what person does it because Mark Levin doesn't call himself great. He's never once referred to himself as the great one. That's a nickname that Sean Hannity gave him that others have followed suit and called him. But it, this is a very low-rent attempt to insult Mark Levin. And your diatribe, I don't think it went over that well. I don't think you convinced anybody about all of this maligning of one in 11 gay people. I think people are incredibly tolerant towards gays. And all you got to do is open your eyes and look around. There's gays on every TV show. Everybody has a gay friend somewhere. I think you're living in the past. You're making stuff up, and you just like to argue for argument's sake. But anyway, thanks for the call. Merry Christmas. Take care. God bless. I am Rich Valdez, sitting in for the great one. Lovin. Liberals really hate this show. You know, I think they love this show because they call and I give them an opportunity, as does Mark and most of the other guest hosts, give them a chance to, to share what they have to say and still um, disagree agreeably. And I think that's what it's about. But the problem is they can't stand us, i.e. me. They hate our very existence. They hate my existence. They hate the rhetoric. They hate what we're talking about. In America, many Marxists cloak themselves in phrases like progressives, Democrat socialists, social activists, community activists. Most Americans remain openly hostile about Marxism. 
They operate under a myriad of newly minted organizations like Black Lives Matter, The Squad, etc. And they promote economic justice, environmental justice, and racial equity. That right there is a quote from American Marxism, the number one selling book of 2021. Make sure you get out and buy two copies. Give one to a friend, preferably a lib or a progressive. But I say all of this because this is exactly what they're doing. They claim that the dominant culture and capitalist system are unjust and inequitable. They're racist and they're sexist. They're colonialist and imperialist, materialistic and destructive. That is what's being promoted. That is what they're doing to parental rights. That is what they're doing in the name of Marxism. That is what we see happening left, right and center. That's what Biden's doing with vaccine mandates. It's the consistent usurpation of our liberty. Bottom line, punto y final, period, the end. And that's what we have to remain ever vigilant, uh, vigilant about. Because if we stand for nothing, we'll fall for anything. Right? That's Hamilton. And Lord Acton, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Uh, click follow so we can keep in touch. I'm here for the great one.